Hey guys, Jordan and Garen back and we're talking about missions conference. We just wrapped up our two weekend uh, missions conference for the first time ever. It was more than one weekend, Garen. So we kind of changed it yeah, up. Changed up a little bit. Got to change things up sometimes, right? Got to change it up. Like the Broncos haven't been in primetime in forever. Yeah, so. And they're going to be in primetime tonight. tonight so you, you just got to. Got to change it up. Love those three <laughs> field goal games. Yeah. Right? Can you talk about why we do a missions conference? Because I don't see a lot of other churches doing this. And why is it such a value to us? We've done it for a long, long time. So why do we do it? Yeah, I think it it fits to. So since we didn't even do a thing for the last engage, which was the gospel, I mean, I quoted, talked, I started with Matthew 28 called the great commission. And a commission is a, it's a task entrusted to people when it's commanded to do. And he's, his last words essentially were make disciples of all nations. That's make disciples as you're going and baptize them and teach them all things. And so it's seeing that as making disciples not just of here, because I think it's easy for us to just do things around us. So he says, make disciples of all nations, because he wants us not just impacting people here, he wants us carrying that out to the ends of the earth. And there's a lot of that in the Old Testament, a lot of that ends of the earth language. So that's what I would say. Yeah. Some of that is this specific church, and then some of that is Southern Baptists in general. They do it. Missions is a high value for our denomination uh -huh. as well. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. Baptists traditionally have very have very had have had very strong um, mission sending programs, but if you go back further far enough, even Methodists, Presbyterians, just a lot of them used to be, but a lot have died off on that hmm. and don't do that kind of thing anymore. So sadly, yeah. You uh, you kind of asked the point you led with this. What's the point of missions? And you said that missions exist because worship got worship doesn't meaning worship of God doesn't exist in certain places, and so. I think we all understand that. We understood it when you said it, but what about this question of, you know, why does God ask for our worship? Why does a perfectly sufficient, holy, all-powerful God need me to worship him? That seems kind of needy, right? Yeah. So explain that to us. Yeah, so kind of what I was trying to say yesterday, and hopefully today can maybe make it a little more clear, is we were created for, by him and for him for a relationship. And that relation, he wants an intimate father-child loving relationship. And that I think part of what comes with a loving relationship, because don't all children, like they look up to their, like their parents, right? They're almost like superheroes or gods that when you're in a loving relationship with somebody that's totally pure, totally good, totally beautiful, that worship is just going to be a part of that, that relationship. It is going to flow out of it. And that's what I was trying to say yesterday. Anytime you see something beautiful, mountains, a sunset, like it, it is. It just elicits out of you the natural response is to praise and worship something, right? To give that, and God mm. is the ultimate good, and so worship just naturally happens. So if He created for relation us for relationship, part of that relationship is that praise and worship will flow to Him, and that actually is the Westminster Confession: We're created to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. That our greatest joy is actually found in that relationship and in part of it, worshiping him, that that's where our deepest joy is actually found. So him asking that is not like, it's just like, I'm sitting here and I'm needing it. He didn't need us, right? Scripture talks a lot about that. He didn't need human hands to serve him. I just think worship is what naturally flows out of a relationship, a loving relationship, and and the joy is attached to it. So Yeah, but Carrie Job said he didn't want heaven without us, Garen. So he really <laughs> did. He really did. Need, never mind. That We're getting on a rabbit trail there. So I'm hearing a couple of things. I'm hearing, one, it's a natural reaction that when um, 
when someone observes something good and beautiful and praiseworthy to just give it those things, yeah. to call attention to it. And, and wow, that's so beautiful, yeah. right? Right. It's just, so the first thing here is that is just part of who we are. The second is that we were actually made to find the most joy in doing that yeah. when it's for God. Yeah. And that's why it's so easy for us probably to talk about the things we love. Man, yes. when the Jayhawks are playing yes. well, oh, it's so easy yes. to talk about it. Yes. Or when you know, you see a pair of shoes or a dress, you like, uh, you know, Kate would say, wow, that's so pretty. Or a, a wedding cake that's perfect. It's like, wow, that's so awesome. Because we see things and it's like, we find such deep joy in calling out beauty. Yes. So that's another part of it. And the last part of it is that God just deserves it. Yeah. Like we actually owe it to him because he is so good. Yeah. And because we are his creation and he is creator. So he wants it from us because he created us to get joy from it. It's kind of the cyclical thing. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like we really do owe it to him. Yeah. So did I hit on the head or did I mess anything no, up? No, that's that right. He is very deserving. And that's so what you were just saying, all this fits to that evangelism one I did a few weeks ago that we are evangelists for things, right? We're always trying things that we love and we praise, we're always praising them in other people, right? Like the Espanaca at Jose Peppers. I don't just enjoy it. I've got to tell other people about it. We had a, today an example of the opposite. Somebody said they they love Taco Bueno, and you're like, oh, I'm not so sure. <laughs> Anyways, that's not important. But but when you love something, you not only want to sing its praises, but you've got to tell it and share it with other people because it brings joy to you, right? And you want to share the joy. Yeah, and we evangelize sense. on a lot of stuff, but this one is our is the hard one, right? Yeah, is we want the nations to enter into that joy, not just my neighbors, but we want all nations, and we want His praise to reign, to to be spread all over the globe because we want him to have the praise he deserves there's a lot of places that it's not there yet yeah i just wish we lived in a town where there were where the where the nations were here you know like wouldn't that be great if the nations came to Emporia? it would be really awesome if god would do that right man Bring the nations here of course we're being sarcastic because we have a huge <laughs> opportunity with esu and the large international student population so mel and brandy and steve and all the volunteers they do such a good job of that so if you can't get on a plane and go minister overseas do it local. God has brought the, the nations yeah. here. You mentioned the Westminster Confession, which was something you talked about. Whether if you want to break down what that actually is or not, if it's not important, you don't have to. But it, it says that we were made to glorify God and enjoy Him, right? And so that means that I can enjoy the Espinaca dip or I can enjoy KU football. Well, not this week, but like I can enjoy sunsets, right? Yeah. And it's not like I'm only allowed to look at God and, and find beauty in Him. Like, I'm enjoying the things he has made and I'm worshiping him because of the beauty that reflects him in those things, right? So we're supposed to enjoy life. That's kind of right. what I'm asking here. There are things that God has put in life that we were made to enjoy because it reflects his glory. And so we don't feel guilty about enjoying certain things right. because God really did make us to enjoy those things in him. Is that right? Yeah. What I'd only say is that this is about that our ultimate joy can only be found in him. And so we are most created to enjoy him. And when we get our enjoyment in here, that is the deepest ultimate mm. joy. But he talks about, he created everything for our enjoyment. And so C.S. Lewis talks a lot about that the joy we find in other things is intended to be a signpost to point us to a greater joy right. because I can eat espinaca today, but then tomorrow I'm, I'm like, it's kind of, I'm empty and I need another hit of that, but I'm not going to go to Wichita for another month. And he said, that's still supposed to point us to a greater, mm. a greater joy 
which is the creator, which is the ultimate joy and the, the one relationship I can always have and the joy that can always be there. So, And that's actually maybe the sign that we have idolized something yes. is when we replace the created thing yes. with the, or the creator with the created thing, right? Yeah, right. And that actually is what brings us ultimate joy. Yeah. Or we attempt yes. to let it bring us ultimate joy. We place our identity in it yeah. because it was only supposed to be. Yeah. Placing so when you're with people and you see the beauty of the stars out in the Flint Hills or up in the mountains, it's even better in the mountains. And you see that beauty and you just awe and you draw people into it and you're like, look at that. Isn't that amazing? You're talking about it. If it doesn't go beyond that, and frequently it does with people like, you know, man, God is so amazing. He created that, that it's meant to draw us to a deeper beauty, which is the creator. And that's the point. But a lot of people stop at the created thing and then it becomes idolatry. Mm, yeah. Okay. We try to find our deep joy in something that's a created thing that's meant to point us simply to him. So our deepest joy is not in created things. It is the creator himself. Yeah. And so, and the whole idea that glory and worship and joy, they go together. You can't have them separated. And so that's why in me taking the good news of Jesus so people can know him and love him and serve and worship him, that's part of loving him that they will find their deepest joy. It's the only place to find it. And so I should want that to be spreading globally as much as possible. And you would never place that the wrong puzzle piece in that slot and and idolize a created thing. You would never do that. No, never. And I wouldn't yeah, either. Because no, we're paid ministry And people. that's not we even something that. that's a struggle for us yeah. at all. So that's, yeah. yeah, that's why we work in a church because we don't have that struggle <laughs> like everybody else. Oh, man. Okay, last thing, Garen. You ended talking about the missions card, and you pointed us to, was it five practices? Four four practices, four commitments. Four practices to grow our heart for missions. Yep. And did you say four commitments? Uh-huh, four commitments. And four commitments to get involved. To get in involved. It. Do you yep. remember the practices? Yeah, so the practices, again, the point, you just said it, but if I'm figuring out my heart's not in alignment with how passionate God is about his praise getting to the nations, then I need to start doing some things to get it in alignment. And they were, see if I can remember, um, one is prayer. I start praying for the nations in some way, Operation Child, or I've got an app on my phone that every day a nation or an unreached people group's popping up. Um, community that I'm like, I'm going to either bring that into a small group. I'm going to say, hey, let's us, you know, pray every week for a nation. Let's pray for a missionary. Let's, or the community can be my family. We're going to start doing something as a family. Simplicity was another one so that I can give my treasure, because you and I have talked before. Where my treasure is, that's where my heart is. And if I'm gonna, if I want my heart to be in missions, I need to put my my treasure into it. So, is there something I can cut out of my life so I can increase my giving this year to missions? And the fourth was uh, learning that I, and for me, that's a big one. Um, reading missionary biographies, reading books on missions, that stuff helps to grow my heart. And that can go with the prayer. Like if you do Operation World, if you pray for that country that day you learn a lot about its history the people that are there mm -hmm. and how to pray for it so you can learn and pray at the same time so those are the practices there to just grow my heart for the nation so i'm in alignment with god on that and then a few commitments to help us get off the bench and in the game right yep, yep. and what we really want is everybody pick at least one people can do more than one but the the big ones are is that i'm going to go i'm going to send i'm going to welcome or i'm going to mobilize and the going can be two things. It could be, an, I'm feeling a nudge towards possibly vocationally going overseas or crossing cultures somehow. Um, or it just could be, I'm going to do one of those trips, like go to Mexico. I've never done it. You know, 
Jason Cathcart talked in first service about he had a huge fear barrier the first time, and it could be like, I'm going to step over that fear barrier and go on one of those trips. Which is so funny to imagine him like that. Yeah. Because he is the man now. I so. know, because he's the man. <laughs> it's, it shows you like crossing fear barriers, how huge that is, yeah. right? And trusting God with something. So it's going, it's sending, and sending specifically, what we were saying is we we all should have some money in the game. Again, where your treasure is, your heart will be. So we want everybody giving to the missions budget and praying like, Lord, do you want me increasing again this year? Same amount. You want me to put in another 10, whatever. But that we're giving towards the sending that we're doing. But the other part of sending that we talked a lot about with the missions committee is a lot of missionaries get prayed for, but they don't get, like we send them like, okay, here's some money, go do it. But they don't get much nurture, encouragement. And so this year we're like, so let's do this adopt a family and encourage people to not just hmm. pray for them, but to send them a care package or to write them an email occasionally. How are you guys doing? Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. And that when they come back to Emporia, that I'm going to take them out for a meal or something because I've tried to. Because you've got that relationship. Because I've got that relationship. Yeah. So that's the going sending. Welcoming is simple. You just said it. We've got the nations here. It's just, I want to be a part of that ministry internationals. It could be I'm doing that once a week conversation partner in the summer, or I'm having students to my house for two or three hours on Thanksgiving. Or could it be welcoming dinner. missionaries when they come back stateside? And Yeah, that welcoming just means primarily or is that welcoming the nations that are Oh, I got midst. you. Okay. Uh -huh. And then the other one was mobilizing is, is I believe in this so much that I feel like I want to help mobilize other people. So I want to get on that missions team. And I want to be a part of that thing of helping mobilize people. Or to me, the biggest, because we talk a lot, you and I, about discipling our families, that I'm the primary discipler. I've got to disciple my family into God's heart for the nation. So I'm going to mobilize my family hmm. by making that a focus once a week or something. Yeah. So those are the four big ones. We want everybody to do one. You can do more. I can help. I can mobilize my family and send by giving, right? And there's no limit. Yeah, there's no limit, right? And I could go on and shorten, you know, I think a lot of us have probably done more than one. We're just saying, pick one, just get involved, get, yeah. get skin in the game. I right? think why we say pick one is because it can be overwhelming. And if you just do one, yeah. if you just take a baby step, yep. then you get comfortable with it. And then you can take another one later and another one later. But, you know, it's easy to just say, well, I'm just going to do this one thing. And then you're off. Yeah. And the bike's moving and you're going. So, Okay. That was really helpful yesterday. I heard a few other people say that what you said kind of closed it out and brought it to a head really well. So thank you for that, Garen. Really good to hear from the from the missionaries. Yeah. I wish was. we had more time to talk about everything they said because they were so good. But I'm so grateful to be a part of a church that values local ministry and the nations and that takes care of their ministries. They're not their ministries, they're uh, missionaries well. Um like my heart is just full. I just love missions conference and I love getting to see everybody. And so yeah. I hope others had the same experience too. It's a little different than it has been. Better in some ways. Gonna go back to the drawing board in some ways, I'm sure. That missions committee is so good at always making it new every year. So don't if you came, don't think, well, I came, I'm good. Yep. Put on the calendar for next year because yeah. we're ready to do it again. Yeah. So definitely. Okay. Thank All you right, guys. Man. We'll see you next week.